Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Patriots Report. I'm Christopher Price of the Boston Globe. Joining us today is Rich Ornberger. Rich was an offensive lineman who played for the Patriots from 2009 through 2011. He also spent time with the Cardinals and Chargers. These days, Rich can be heard every day on Extra 1360 out of San Diego, as well as Fox Sports Radio. He's also the analyst for San Diego State football. You can follow him on Twitter at Ornberger. That's Ornberger, O-H-R-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. For what it's worth, he's one of the best follows on Twitter. If you're a Patriots fan or just a football fan in general, smart, funny, and very, very insightful. We're going to get into this weekend showdown, Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough. But first, per tradition here on this show, I'm going to ask you pretty much the same question I ask everyone to kick things off. What are some of your early thoughts on Mac Jones? I think he's really composed. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Happy to be with you here, Chris. Uh, He's really composed. Mac Jones, in my estimation, is one of these project quarterbacks who really can blossom into uh, a consummate franchise quarterback. He's not there yet, but none of these rookie starting uh, first round draft picks are. I I think we've seen a lot of struggles with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and certainly Justin Fields from this last weekend. Um, but, But his composure is great. I don't think it's too big for him. I think this Patriots offense has some issues, but I, I think he's probably lower on the priority list right now than shoring things up in front of him because this offensive line has really struggled early this season. I'm glad you bring that up. I, I want to ask you a few questions about the offensive line play and just offensive line play in general in New England. One of the really tough spots the Patriots have been in this season has been because of the injury to right tackle Trent Brown. I don't want to say it's a domino effect, But what sort of impact could something like that have on an offensive line? Maybe the right guard is suddenly being asked to do more. What sort of impact does that have across the board on an offensive line when such a key person goes down? Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Look, the the offensive line, think of it. Think of it as um, the fingers on your hand. Like, yeah, I understand. Like maybe your pointer and your thumb are more important than your pinky. But if you break your pinky, you're going to know about it every time you try to pick something up. And that's exactly what we're talking about with this right tackle. So you got Trent Brown down with the calf injury, and it's a revolving cast of characters in his stead. You know, you have Heron out there who gave up a bunch of pressures this last game against the Saints. I believe uh, Durant has gotten some run over there as well. Mm. And Shaq Mason is now tasked with having to, the right guard, is now tasked with having to communicate with whatever new face lines up next to him and make sure they're on the same page while appropriately uh, uh, working with uh, Andrews at center. I mean, it does – what happens when you have a really talented right guard who is doing a lot of hand-holding with a right tackle Mm -hmm. is now you have two problems. You have a right tackle who's struggling because he's new or because he's not quite to the standard of your starter when when your starter's injured. And then as a result, your right guard struggles because you're trying to over-communicate things or you're trying to put in language that they understand at right tackle. And the defense can pick up on a lot of this stuff. You know, a lot of a lot of offensive and defensive line play, the stuff that nobody sees, is the nonverbal communication that occurs. It could just be a simple point. It could, it could be a gesture that's under, understood. And when you're working with a brand new face every week, 
a lot of that needs to be overexplained, leading to potential mistakes. One of the ideas that's been floated up here is the potential move of the right guard on Wenu to right tackle a spot that he's played a little bit. And then you put Ted Karras in at right guard, kind of following up on your point. I, I know, at least in the short term, it's kind of like robbing Peter to pay Paul. But is there value in doing something like that right now if you're the Patriots? I would give it another week. You know, it's it, because you want some continuity. I Look, I, you know, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Perfect example. They reshuffled the whole deck uh, ahead of facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers themselves. Mm-hmm. And it went horribly wrong for Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. And obviously the biggest part of the conversation post-game was he had no time. And so you want to try to limit the number of moving parts if you can. Now, if you're forced into a situation with an injury, that's a different story. If you have a situation where, you know, just just you're, you're in desperation, you're making decisions like this, but, but you want as much continuity as you possibly can have, even if right now it's not looking so great, you're hoping that some of these players will grow into their role at least until the the unit gets healthier. Uh, this is it, it's an interesting. It brings up an interesting question. How do you go about scheming up protection this week, and especially on the right side if you're the Patriots? And I also wonder, kind of following up on that, is this something that Tom Brady could help the Tampa Bay defense with? Look, I know protections, I know schemes. I've been intimately connected to that offense for 20 years. Let me help you in terms of how to go about attacking the quarterback in, in a really efficient fashion. Yeah, look, I I, uh, I did that for the Arizona Cardinals in 2012. So I was released by the Patriots after the 2012 Super Bowl loss to the New York Giants. And then the very next season, I was signed during training camp by the Arizona Cardinals. In week two, we were playing against my old team in Foxborough. And that uh, 2012 victory, a lot of it had to do with our defense playing uh, the path so so tough and and I gave them everything I, I gave them all of the verbiage I gave them all of the the defensive schemes that I could think of all the offensive schemes so that our defensive coordinator could really see things through the same eyes that an offensive player would and and it was a huge buoy to not only the defense's confidence but it's sort of like having the Rosetta Stone now you can speak the offense's language now you can hear the offensive line calls and understand where they're sliding to. Now you can hear the audibles by the quarterback and you can get ahead of things. And the smarter defensive players absolutely took advantage of it. I got a lot of pats on the back that week and that's exactly what Tom Brady's going to do. Now, as far as your first question, what this offensive line can do in this Mm -hmm. upcoming week or what this offense can do to help a, a right tackle who's struggling or an offensive line in general, is get them help up front. And what I mean by that is have the running backs chip on these defensive ends um, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. You know, have them on their releases try to, try to you know, pop the defensive end on their way out into a route. This really does help knock a huge defensive end like a Sue or a, a Via or a, a Jason Pierre-Paul, if he's healthy, off their rush on their way out to being an available uh, route runner. Uh, tight ends can do that too. You know, there are a lot of ways to sort of help the protection and still get people out on routes. And those are some of the things that if I were uh, Josh McDaniels, I'd be considering mightily heading into this matchup. 
All right, this is a unique week for the Patriots and Bill Belichick. I want you to take us inside the building and give us some sort of idea as to what's going on. You've been there before for big games, heavily hyped games. How is Belichick preparing his team? We all know about the ignore the noise mantra, but what's he telling them this week as this game approaches Sunday night? It's never any different. It's never any different week to week. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. I remember when we were playing against the Ofer Detroit Lions, or if we were playing against, you know, a Peyton Manning-led Indianapolis Colts team, the messaging was the same. You know, every team, because of the parity of the NFL, has superstars. They have their all-pro players. They have their pro bowlers. They have their 10-year pros. Everybody is good. And so if you look at it through that lens, it doesn't matter if you're playing against the reigning Super Bowl champs or if you're playing against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars, everybody's dangerous. And, and that's the way Belichick is going to portray things the same way every single week, regardless of who you're playing. You played offensive line for the Patriots when Dante Scarnecchia was there as the position coach. We've talked a little bit, you and I, before about the impact he had on your career. Give me your favorite Dante Scarnecchia story. Oh, my goodness. One of my first interactions with Dante, who, by the way, I cherish the time that I got to spend with him as an offensive lineman, as a man. He was a tremendous role model. He was a great coach. And so, I, I mean, you're talking to somebody who, who really admires Dante Scarnecchia as a person and as a, a football man. Um, but one of my earliest interactions with him, I, I fumbled a snap. He was taking snaps from the centers, uh, from under centers. So he had his hands under. And I, I fired back a snap into his hands and, and it dropped on the floor and I, I, on the ground and I could feel it. It kind of bounced off my heel as I was blocking into a pad that one of my teammates was holding. And as soon as I felt the ball fumbled, I turned around and he looked at me so confused. And then I, I, we had this like beat of a moment where we're just looking at each other. And I said, I was like, what happened? I said, was that you or me? He goes, was it you or me? <laughs> and I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this podcast. Yep. But the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you motherfucker. I can't <laughs> believe you would turn around in the middle of a play and you would you would you you would sacrifice the play to check on if the ball's on the ground and whose fault it is. That's Tom Brady back here. He's going to get murdered if you turn around, you fucking idiot. And like picked up the ball threw it in my gut. I bend over because it, it hit me in the solar plexus. He grabs my face mask and he's basically doing chin-ups. And he's like, now never do that shit again. Now turn around. We're going to do it again. And so it taught me a very valuable lesson. Now I'm coming out of Penn State where my offensive line coach, you know, he wanted a dissertation on exactly where the ball was snapped to and why he missed the snap or what happened on the snap. You know, he wanted to do it differently and he wanted to do it his way. And he wanted to do it the way that made sense to him, because in a game, he's absolutely right. You can't turn around and have a conversation. You got a job to do. You snap that ball and you do it as accurately as you can. And you block somebody because you're protecting the whole franchise back there. And it was an early lesson and a good one. And one that I never a mistake I never repeated the rest of the time I was there. That's the talk, right? You, you're, you're not supposed to be an error repeater. That's that's the phrase that keeps keeps coming up all the time. Yeah. Mental errors are unacceptable in football in general. The unforced errors, you know, the false starts 
or the missed blocks or missed assignments. You know, if you get out tough, if you get if you get worked on because you're facing one of the most elite athletes on the planet across from you on the offensive line or you know, if you're 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 a, a receiver working on a de- defensive back who's onto his fifth pro bowl, like yeah, you're going to get beat sometimes. But don't you dare don't you dare let it be because you didn't study hard enough or you weren't concentrating enough, you know, when, when the snap count was going on, all those things that one of the things Richard stood out for me this week, I was was just reading a story in the rigor by Nora Princiati who talked about, yeah, you know, the, the loss of Brady is one thing and the loss of Gronk is one thing. And that, you know, the transition of players in and out of Foxborough, but, and this is something that we've touched on a little bit in our conversations before, but how difficult is it for Bill Belichick to continue to persevere as a coach when he loses so many of the the front office people and assistant coaches. We talked about Dante, but you know, guys like Ernie Adams, guys like Nick Casario come and go. It's one thing to look at the players and, and especially, obviously this week, we're going to talk about Brady and to a lesser extent, Rob Gronkowski. But when you lose guys like Dante, when you lose guys like Ernie Adams, when you lose guys like Nick Casario, what sort of impact does that attrition have on Bill Belichick and the rest of the franchise? Oh, it's a it's a brain drain, right? You know, because you have so many other veteran, talented eyes looking at the same problem you are. You know, I, I mean, look at this in terms of like the pandemic, right? You have a problem that's fa- affecting the entire world. And so all of the smartest people all of a sudden their assignment changes to whatever was their priority prior to figuring out the best way to attack this novel virus. It shifts to attacking this novel virus. So mm-hmm. the reason why there was such a such expedition and such a, such quick results in a lot of the, the, the great work being done by the medical professionals was because you had all these really talented, smart people concentrating on the same problem all at the same time. And that's what happens when you combine a staff of people who are lifers. You know, Dante wasn't going anywhere. Ernie wasn't going anywhere. Nick Casario was there forever. Mm-hmm. And you have all these familiar faces and intelligent people working on the same problem for so long. So there's absolutely been a brain drain. Bill Belichick is super competent. Bill Belichick is a great educator. And he's getting all these guys, these younger guys in his, in his building and in, in this franchise to catch up on the fly. But trust me when I tell you, nothing beats experience when you're talking about the chess match that is NFL football. And and he's got to catch a lot of these guys up in the building these days, whereas he didn't have to worry about that before. Last question for me. What's going to happen Sunday night? Boy, I, we're going to see a great football game. That's what we're going to see. I have no idea who wins this one. I, I'm having a tough time figuring out how this Patriots uh, team is going to uh, find a way against such a such a consistent group right now in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But if there's anybody who can do it, if there's anybody who can shock the world and, you know, put a hurting on, you know, his former quarterback, don't you think it's Bill Belichick? So mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea how it's going to shake out. It feels like on paper, the Buccaneers have the advantage going in, but Foxborough for any quarterback is a tough place to win. It is. It, it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I do think that maybe the emotions are going to get to Tom a little bit, He's a little bit jacked up and maybe he misfires on a ball early. And if the Patriots can take advantage, then who knows? But I I think that the Patriots, the margin for error in this one feels like razor, razor thin. 
Oh yeah. You're not kidding. I, I mean, these are the keys to, to winning this game. You got to get an early lead. If you're new England, you got to, like you said, force some turnovers and protect the football offensively. And you got to get up the middle pressure on Tom Brady, stop the run, but on the way, you know, but, but get to the quarterback on your way, stopping the run. If that makes sense, like you got to put middle pressure on Tom. You got to make him uncomfortable. He does not like to get hit. That's a 45 year old man. And I know about the avocado smoothies and everything, but, but football's football. And when you're getting banged around, you have a hard time concentrating because you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get hit. It's early in the season. So those are the keys. We'll see if the Patriots can do it. Rich, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Again, follow Rich on Twitter. He's at Ornberger, one of the great follows out there. Again, if you're a Patriots fan or just a football fan, you can listen to him on Extra 1360 out of San Diego each and every day. Rich, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thanks, man. You bet, Chris. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.